Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. If you are a returning listener, I'm so glad to have you back. If this is the first time you have tuned in to my podcast, I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. (laughs) This is an interesting phase of Phoenix and Flame. I have launched, I don't know, I think maybe I'm sort of starting to lose track. I think maybe 31 or so episodes so far, and I'm getting ready to record four more. I usually record them four at a time, and this is my first. I've got three more to follow that I'll record today. And some interesting things are happening, which kind of goes along with the topic of today's podcast, which is uh, walking on water. Is it for you? (laughs) Basically, things are uh, progressing, which is great. It sort of feels like a leveling up process that I explained to several friends of mine and some family members. It's kind of like when you when you know how to do everything that you're doing, and it's time to level up. It's exciting. It's also scary. I can remember looking back when I was first putting this podcast together. And there were, I can't even count the number of times where I was so frustrated, angry, crying, all kinds of stuff. This went on for months and months and months. Because when the idea came, uh, I was not a huge podcast listener at that time. I barely knew what one was. And this idea kept forming in my mind. And to be honest, I felt like it was the Lord kind of leading me uh, to do this, but I didn't know what this was going to be. I had taught a lot of classes like on boundaries and other such things and had been a psychotherapist for years and years and years. But this was a brand new thing that was kind of percolating within me, and I didn't really know what it was. And there were so many times that just learning all of the the technical stuff, things like shock mounts and boom arms, and <laughs> it just it just goes on and on. But I just kept learning and kept learning, and I I promised God that I wouldn't quit. That's all I could promise is that I just wouldn't quit. But there were times when I wanted to, many times when I wanted to, when I wanted to just walk away um, because it was frustrating me so badly. But I kept going, and I'm glad I did. And little by little by little, uh, I began to understand more things and was able to put together uh, my podcast, which I'm, I'm thrilled with. And so now there seems to be something shaking, something happening, and basically what it is, or what it appears to be anyway, time will tell, is the introduction of some interviews that instead of just it just being me 
talking about various topics that I will be interviewing guests, which I'm excited about. And I'm learning how to do that both um, like face to face, but also probably more often remotely, which a lot of people I'm discovering over the 2020 year of COVID and pandemic and sheltering in place and all that stuff. A lot of podcasts got started with a lot of people reaching out. A lot of people got really familiar with Zoom and uh, other platforms uh, to connect with each other, but do it remotely. And so I'm learning how to do these things. Actually, what I am thinking about in my mind is a series called You're Not Alone, where I will interview various people who have gone through traumas or really significant struggles. One of the things that got me thinking along these lines was sometimes I'll have patients that will say, you know, they'll be sharing with me what they're going through and they'll look at me and they'll just say, I just feel all alone. I feel so alone. I feel like there's nobody that really understands. I feel like other people don't go through this. What's wrong with me? How do I get through this? And I thought it would be kind of a nice offering, I think, you know, a nice option to have a place where we all could go, a, a, a podcast. Uh, I know there's tons of them out there, but this is mine and this is what I'm doing. So I'm just moving to this next phase, this leveling up process. And I'm probably, and again, this is all sort of in the works, but I'm more than likely going to uh, have my first episode on You're Not Alone, focusing on what it's like when a loved one commits suicide. I had uh, someone share with me that, you know, if you have someone that you love that has committed suicide, you're, if you're talking to someone else, like if your loved one had uh, died of cancer, then they would say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, what kind of cancer was it? How long did it last? What was the prognosis? You know, da, da, da. But when you say they killed themselves, there's just crickets. They just stare at you. They don't know what to say. And that's hard. So maybe when I do these interviews and put these experiences out there for people to hear, maybe it'll help not only those that have walked through this or are walking through it, but also those of us around them to help us to be able to know how to be more supportive, how to know what to say to someone who has gone through something significant when you just really don't know what to say. So I'm just kind of putting all of that out there because in this whole, this process, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm I'm about 75% excited and 25% scared to death. <laughs> now, the scared to death stuff comes more from learning all the technical aspects of it and not wanting, you know, something to go wrong. And when you introduce someone else into the mix, you know, if something does go wrong and you have to do something over, you're not only inconveniencing yourself, you're inconveniencing someone else. And so that's another layer of, of pressure there of trying to make sure that not only you 
are doing things the way you're supposed to, but trying to make sure the other person is also uh, doing things the way they're supposed to as well. So it ends up with a a good uh, podcast episode with good acoustics and all that kind of stuff. So it's this leveling up. And I'm wondering, you know, there might be somebody else out there in my listening audience who thinks maybe they also are going through a leveling up process where they've accomplished everything to a certain point. They feel very comfortable in what they currently know how to do. Now, the way I work in these things, and I wouldn't really wish this on other people, but I generally like to learn new things, and I will learn them, and it excites me. And then I get to a certain point, and sometimes I start getting kind of bored. And that's sort of dangerous for someone like me, because when I start getting bored, then I start getting itchy and restless. But it turns out well in the end, because then that's when the leveling up happens, because that's when I start reaching out and thinking about new things, opening my mind, um, wondering what what's next, what can I do next? How can I go higher? How can I expand out further? Um, and so I'm thinking there's probably not a few other people who may be listening to this podcast that has also gone through the same thing or is going through the same thing. When I was thinking of doing this podcast, this particular episode, there was a parable or story, not really a parable. That's not really the right way to word it. It's more a story of what happened in the Bible. There's, of course, the Bible is full of tons and tons of stories But this one is in Matthew. It's in chapter 14, if you happen to want to look it up. It's verses 22 through 32. But I've got a Bible app on my phone, and so I'm just going to just read what it says. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. I want to say here for a moment that Peter was always my favorite disciple he was kind of rude and skeptical and not a little bit obnoxious at times. I'm not going to lie. 
And I think about him probably being scared to death and still crawling out of that thrashing boat to test Jesus's power because it was dark. It was before dawn and there was so much wind that it was thrashing the boat back and forth. The waves were, were high and they were coming toward and spot. I mean, the disciples thought they were, they were going to die. It was it. And so this was not Peter just crawling out of just a placid canoe sitting, you know, on a calm sea. No, this boat was, it was pitch dark out there and the wind was very loud and the boat was thrashing around and he had to somehow crawl out of that boat. And I'm thinking, you know, he had to have known that if Jesus's claim was bogus, then he was going to die in that dark, stormy water. But he went anyway. And that's another thing that I always liked about Peter. He, he pushed the limits. Now, sometimes people didn't like it. And he, can't, he did rub people the wrong way sometimes. He wasn't the one that always followed the rules and said the nice things. But he was, he was something. I mean, he was brave. And he pushed it. Now, as long as Peter kept his focus on Jesus, he literally walked on water. And I kind of got to thinking about this story. And, you know, what is walking on water but being able to do something that is beyond us, something that we're not capable of doing on our own? I just want to take a moment and say, I'm not sure how many of you guys have been through something like that, but I know that I have. And one of the examples is this podcast, the creation of it. There were multiple times where I would come into my office trying to take the next step, and I had no idea how to do what I was supposed to do next. I remember being in my car driving on the interstate and I just had this sense of dread in my stomach because I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't like I was going to sit down and I could do step one, two, three, A, B, C. I didn't even know enough to know what steps to ask. But somehow God led me. He showed me. He opened my eyes. He opened my mind. And I was able to do things that I, to this day, I don't know how I was able to do. I think that could be what it feels like for us to walk on water when we're literally doing something that we have no idea how we're even doing it, and somehow we are. But I think about Peter in that moment and asking, how was he able to walk on water? Well, he had to ignore all of the dark and scary waves that were around him and stubbornly focus on Christ. Those are two different things. Because think of our lives. How many times have you felt like you were surrounded by large, dark, scary waves that were threatening to overwhelm you and suck you under into just a riptide? And you didn't know how to handle it. You didn't know what to do. You felt like they were all around you. 
So number one, Peter ignored those waves. They were there. They absolutely were there. And it was pitch black. It's one thing to face something you're scared of when you can see what you're facing, but when you can't even see it, but you can hear it and you can feel it, that's even scarier. But he had to, number one, ignore those waves. And number two, he had to focus on Christ, focus on Jesus. And as long as he did those two things, he was literally able to walk on water. Now, like I said a few minutes ago, talking about your experiences and wondering if you've ever felt called to do something that you don't think you can do. Are you, even right now as you're listening, do you feel like you're ass over elbows in fear? Think about what your scary waves are. I mean, as I started thinking about some examples of scary waves, are you afraid you're going to publicly fall on your face? Are you afraid of being a disappointment to other people? Are you afraid of being judged by others? And by the way, according to Taylor Swift, haters are going to hate. They're going to hate anyway. I'm just saying. (laughs) By the way, you are going to be judged by others. That's going to happen. If you reference back to my boundaries videos, you'll understand your response, your powers and your response of not giving into that. Are you afraid someone is going to abuse you because they've done it before? Are you afraid someone is going to condemn you or abandon you if you set boundaries? Are you afraid your marriage is falling apart? I mean, do you see, I could go on and on with these because quite frankly, we live on a scary planet and we are faulty humans walking around on this planet with other faulty humans. And nothing is assured in that sense. Do you feel that there is no way that you can deal with your scary waves by yourself? Because if you feel that way, you're not alone. Sometimes we do feel like there's things that we can deal with and we can get solution focused and we can just go right down the line, make our bullet point list and fix our problem ourselves. And that's wonderful when that happens. I'm a big fan of being solution focused, but sometimes We're in situations where we feel like we just cannot deal with the scary waves by ourselves. Peter knew that he could not walk on water by himself. Jesus said, come. So Peter just started crawling out of that boat while the wind whipped and the dark waves crashed. And he walked on top of the water as long as his focus was on Jesus. You know, I sometimes wonder what was going through Jesus's mind at that moment. I mean, the focus tends to be a lot on Peter. But I imagine that Jesus might have been thinking, wow, look here. Here's one who can believe something 
that he does not understand and put his life on the line to do it. Here is one who is willing to suspend his human understanding to believe that I am God and these waves are subject to me. Now, of course, that's not the end of the story because Peter was leveled up as far as he could manage that day. (laughs) As you remember from me reading the story originally, he did not get all the way to Jesus out of fear and probably disbelief, to be honest. I mean, he was human. He shifted his focus from Jesus back to the dark, scary waves. And when he did, he started to sink. But he called out, and Jesus pulled him up. Now, keeping my focus on Jesus has kept me from drowning on this journey and many others. I'm taking a moment here. This I'm, a thought's coming to my mind, and this wasn't really in my plan to say this, but there's a song that has come to my notice recently. It was from a workout class I was attending, and it's a song called Head Above Water by Avril Lavigne. And it's really a fantastic song. So I thought I'd just throw that out there. If anybody wants to look that up, if you feel like you're drowning, if you feel like that you've been sucked under into the undertow and your ass over elbows in a riptide and you can't, you don't know up from down and you know to your core that you don't have the ability to save yourself, you are not going to be able to figure this out on your own. And that is a horrible feeling. It's just awful because to be honest, we like to be in control of things. And I include myself in that group. You know, we like to feel like, okay, I, whatever happens here, I know what to do. But if you live long enough, you're not going to live your whole life having that feeling that sometimes things are going to happen to you and you're going to be put in situations where you don't have the answer and you don't know where to find it. And unfortunately, some people have to face that situation from a very young age. Going back to what I said originally in this episode about leveling up, I'd like to say that I'm not afraid, but that would be untrue. I don't like trying to act like some way I'm not. What I'm doing, though, is I'm not letting my fear run the show. Instead, I'm stubbornly keeping my focus on Jesus. And when my fear starts getting the better of me, I know I can call out and he will be there to pull me up. Now, before I end this episode, I did want to give a little spoiler alert, I guess, for anybody who happens to want to read the rest of Matthew chapter 14. You know how I said something about Peter being rude and obnoxious and just really somebody that, you know, doesn't really follow all the rules. Well, he actually kind of turned some things around. So I'd like to read from 
Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. This is one of the things that I loved about Jesus and reading the stories of him. He did not go after the goody two-shoes. He did not go after the people that seemed to have their life all together. He didn't go after those people. In terms of going after them, he didn't like seek them out for his disciples. He didn't seek them to be in his inner circle. Those weren't the kind of people he went after. And Peter, he was kind of a mess in a way. I mean, he was a pretty good fisherman, but as a person, he was, he was kind of a mess. But he was um, stubborn, and he was willing to jump out of that boat when all the other disciples were cowering back, holding on to each other, hoping not to die. But listen to what happens with Peter's life. So like I said, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter which that's who we're talking about, Peter, answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I think Peter turned out pretty good. And I think he set his life, when he met Jesus, he set his life on stubbornly ignoring the dark, scary waves and focusing on on Christ. Something to think about, you know, whether or not walking on water, is it for you? (laughs) If you have gained anything from this episode, if you've learned anything or if it has helped you in any kind of way, then I would appreciate you sharing it with your friends, um, sharing it on your social media platforms, And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.